Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. My name's Mark. I'm an alcoholic. Boy, everybody got my name right. That's unbelievable. I must be getting a southern twang or something. <laughs> I'm a member of the Miracle Group in Fort Walton Beach, and my sobriety date's April 10, 1988. Uh, this is a workshop on sponsorship. This is the preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. It tells us what AA and what, what AA is and what AA isn't. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. To my right here is my wife, DeHalte, and uh, we've been asked to do this uh, workshop on sponsorship. We're both speaking this weekend, and uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be here and a privilege and an honor to do anything that I'm asked to do in Alcoholics Anonymous. My sponsor's name is Jeff H., and he's a member of the Forest Park Group of Alcoholics Anonymous in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, He's the second sponsor I've had in Alcoholics Anonymous. My first sponsor I just talked to the other day, and his name is Donnie, Donnie P., and he's from Holyoke, Massachusetts. And Donnie's a guy I went to April 10, 1988, and I was whooped. I had been around Alcoholics Anonymous trying to get sober for a year and a half. And uh, I tried this deal every which way but the way the book Alcoholics Anonymous suggests. Uh, I tried it on all different kinds of substitutes. I got sober out of a VA hospital up in Northampton, Massachusetts. And uh, I didn't drink for a year and a half, but I sure floated around Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, I came here, and I believe I came to when I came to believe. And what Donnie told me when I went to ask him to be his sponsor I had seen him, I had listened to him in meetings, and he's a, he's a guy that talked about the book Alcoholics Anonymous, he talked about the steps, and he spoke from his heart. And I went to him April, 10th, 19, April 12th, 1988, and I said, Donnie, Donnie, I need help, I'm dying. And he looked at me and he said, I know, Mark, I know you're dying. He said, the only thing I can do for you is show you the way I was taught in Alcoholics Anonymous. The first thing I got to do is ask you some questions. He said, Marky, alcoholic. I said, I sure am, Donnie. It's killing me. And he looked at me and he said, Mark, I'm going to ask you to do some things. And if you'll do those things, we'll do them together and you'll stay sober and I'll stay sober. Uh, The only thing I can do is teach you the way I was taught. And what Donnie did was he asked me if I had a problem with alcohol. He told me to do some things. He said, Mark, I want you to go to a meeting every day. I said, I can do that, Donnie. He said, I want you to get on your knees in the morning. I want you to ask a power greater than yourself for help and that power to keep you away from a drink. I said, I can do that, Donnie. He said, I want you to sit down front in those meetings and I want you to listen. I said, I can do that, Donnie. And then he said one of the most important things that I heard in Alcoholics Anonymous in the very beginning. He said to me, Mark, I don't want you speaking in meetings. I want you to keep your mouth shut. I said, I can do that, Donnie. He said, I've heard you share in meetings before, and I've listened to you spread your illness in Alcoholics Anonymous for a year and a half, and I don't want you doing that anymore. And I was graced to be able to do that. I was, but for the grace of God, I was able to go to meetings and, and keep my mouth shut because, see, I needed to listen. I don't know about you, but every time I got to meetings in the very beginning, Every time they brought up a topic, anything at all about Alcoholics Anonymous, I knew in my head what I was going to say, and I never was allowed because I wouldn't allow myself to listen to what other people were sharing. And what the book Alcoholics Anonymous tells me is, in the chapter Working with Others on page 98, it says, Practical experience shows that nothing will so much 
ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. And that's what Donnie did with me. He started to intensely work with me. We got together on a regular basis and we read the book Alcoholics Anonymous. He read the book to me. I had a lot of questions in the very beginning and I would ask Donnie and he would give me the answer over and over and over. And the answer always came from this book. It always came from the book. And I'm extremely, extremely grateful for that. See, this book was written by 100 alcoholics. And it shows us precisely how to recover. And I never heard that that year and a half I was around Alcoholics Anonymous because I could never get the cotton out of my ears long enough to hear that because I was always thinking about what I was going to have to say. Now I'm going to turn it over to my wife, DeHolte, and she's going to share a little bit of her experience with sponsorship in Alcoholics Anonymous, and then she's going to turn it back to me, and we're going to talk about sponsorship. Hello, everyone. My name is DeHolte. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Grateful to be sober by God's grace. My home group is also the Miracle Group in Fort Walton Beach. Fort Walton Beach is over near uh, Pensacola, Florida. We just get hit by Hurricane Dennis. Um, my sobriety date is January 1st, 1983. I didn't go up to uh, I didn't go up to Toronto because Mark, uh, you can't see this, but he shattered his ankle back in March, and that kind of changed our plans for the last four months. But a, a friend of mine, or many friends of mine, but a friend of mine went up to Toronto, and um, she found this note on a bulletin board up in Toronto, Canada, and it said, "Dehalte, are you here? I love you. Hi, Mark. Elaine." And Elaine was my first sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous. And the woman who went up to Toronto saw DeHalte. She was hoping it was me and that it wasn't some other DeHalte. So she brought that to me, and um, that was my, my first sponsor, Elaine. I came to Alcoholics Anonymous um, in 1982. And in 1981, actually, May of 1981, but I, uh, I haven't drank since May of 1981, but that's not my sobriety date. My sobriety date is when I put all the substitutes away, and, and that would be January 1st, 1983. And um, by the time I, January 1st, 1983 came around, I was whipped inside of Alcoholics Anonymous. I was whipped before I got here, and then that uh, year and a half that I was fooling around in Alcoholics Anonymous, I was whipped enough that I got... Um, I got a sponsor. I've had three sponsors. My first sponsor was Elaine, the note that I just read to you. And um, she, uh, I got sober up in, um, I'm not from there, but I got sober up in the Northeast uh, corridor of the United States. And um, she was a, a, she still lives up there, and she's a woman that we don't talk to each other that much now, but when we do, it's always uh, it's always fun and it's always exciting. And, and Elaine helped me a lot. I don't know um, what y'all have found, but I found that um, uh, I had a real hard time finding a woman sponsor uh, that stayed in alcoholics long enough to get all the benefits of it. And uh, because of that, I make myself very available to women. Um, I had, okay, let me back up just a little bit. My first sponsor, briefly, was a man because I was not interested in anything women had. Women were not for me. They just, I had nothing in common with women, okay? Nothing. I grew up with six brothers. I was one of those girls that, um, it's a silly name now, but I was one of those girls they called a tomboy, and I just wasn't into girly girl stuff. I'm still not, really. Um, but I painted my toenails yesterday, though, for the weekend. But... Uh, <laughs> I was one of those girls that, you know, with six brothers, I didn't realize I was a girl for a long time, and I played ball, and I climbed trees, and I liked to fist fight, and, and um, that continued through my drinking career. Um, but I just didn't, women weren't for me, so I was brought into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous by a man who had re-entered my life as a friend. We had been friends when we were kids, and the last time I saw him, I'd push him off the treehouse and threaten to kill him with a hammer. We were building a treehouse. And... Um, he, he, um, he did something I didn't like, so I pushed him out of the treehouse, and he didn't break his back or anything, but he, um, he fell and caught himself on limbs. Well, anyways, fast forward 17 years, he called me up and heard I had a problem with drugs and alcohol. I was just horrified that somebody would be talking like that about me. 
Well, anyways, I ended up going to a meeting with him, and uh, he brought me to a few meetings, and he said, you need to get a woman sponsor. And I said, mm, you don't understand. I have nothing in common with women. Women are just so dorky, I can't believe it. Didn't like men much either, but um, women just weren't for me. I said, you be my sponsor. He said, I can't be your sponsor. Uh, you need to get a woman. And I didn't agree, so what I did was I laid down with him. And after we laid down, he wasn't telling me about getting a woman sponsor anymore because I was in charge. I used sex... Um, as a lot of us do, to manipulate. So um, it was uh, after that, uh, a while later, that um, that was the end of our, our whatever relationship we had, too. And it was after that that um, I put all the substitutes down and I got a woman sponsor, and that would be Elaine. And uh, Elaine is a wonderful woman. She's a beautiful woman. I, I still love Elaine. And um, she was, uh, she's still on fire about Alcoholics Anonymous. She loves Alcoholics Anonymous. And she told me that she would give me everything that she had been given. And looking back on it now, and Elaine and I have talked about this, there weren't that many women um, back in 1981, there weren't that many women in our area that had uh, any length of sobriety or any um, uh, big book sobriety. Big book, one of the best kept secrets in Alcoholics Anonymous in a lot of areas. So there weren't any women, so Elaine gave me the best that she could. We read a lot out of the big book and the, the 12 and 12, and, and um, she would read things to me. And, and um, uh, one day we went down to the, to the river, and we got on our knees. She says, get on your knees. We're going to do a third-step prayer together. I'm like, on our knees? And she said, yeah, and we held hands. And I was like, why are we holding hands? And she said, it just seems like the thing to do. So we held hands, and I took a third step. And... Um, I ended up doing uh, a fourth step with Elaine the same way that she had done it, and uh, I've since done another one. I've done one real fourth step as outlined in the big book, and that wasn't it. This was the best that she had been taught, and she showed me. She goes, I think you just read Chapter 5 a few times, and then you do it. So I read Chapter 5 a few times, and I didn't get it. I didn't know Mr. Brown. I didn't know any of those people, but I did a, a fourth step, and it, was, uh, it gave me a little bit of relief, but it wasn't as outlined. Elaine moved um, away uh, a few counties over, across the river and a few counties over, and um, I floundered around a little bit. By this time, I was five years sober and didn't need to rush into getting another sponsor because I was pretty cool at five years sober. And... Um, and I almost drank. And I didn't almost drink because Elaine moved away. I almost drank because I thought I was so cool. And because um, by this point, Mark and I were together, and he had uh, gone out with some uh, VA medication. And I was just so angry at him. I was going to show him what I was like, drunk. And just all this stuff. So I almost drank. And after that, I got another sponsor. And I kept her for several years. And then we moved to Florida 10 years ago. And uh, my sponsor today is Ann S. And I'm not sure if she'll be here this week. And I know her husband will be Burl. Yes, and some of you may know him. Um, she lives about 40 miles from me. And um, sponsorship has just been so important in my life. I have already told you that uh, the women, uh, the first two women gave me the best that they could give me, but I knew that there had to be more. So on my own, I really pursued meetings where there was strong AA, and I found them. And I pursued people that, I could, uh, that could become my teachers, and I would listen to them, and I would watch what they did. And... Um, and with the advice of my sponsors and the book, I started really studying the book um, and then going to a lot of uh, big book study meetings. And um, my way of sponsoring over the years has changed. The first couple of women I sponsored, I'd say, read the big book. Read uh, Chapter 5 a few times and just do your inventory. And I've since made amends to those women and uh, told them that was the way that I was taught. That was all that I had. But that's not the way that I sponsor now or for the last um, number of years um, I love the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a textbook, and a textbook implies that it's a book that we study and that we read over and over and over. And I do that, and um, Mark and I will share more uh, about the way that we sponsor uh, now. And now if any of you all want to know more or if you have a question about something we said or don't understand it, just raise your hand and we'll, we'll call on you and, and take um, whatever questions you might have. I love Alcoholics Anonymous, you know. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous has given me a way of life that I never knew. 
I never knew. I drank for 27 years. 27 years I drank, and the story of my alcoholism was, if you like me, I hurt you. If you love me, I rarely hurt you. So by the time I got here in 1988, I was a walking dead. You know, like I told you, I got sober out of a VA hospital. The reason I was in that VA hospital was because my brother Pete played it. He paid a 12-step call on me with another member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And he came down and shared his life story with me. And I listened to him, and I knew Pete because we had been in the same jails together. We had been in the same prison together. And my brother Pete was just like me, a violent, antisocial drunk. But there was something different about him. He found the power in Alcoholics Anonymous. He found the power that God gives us if we're doing this thing the way it's outlined out of the book. And he came down with a twinkle in his eye, and he talked to me about his new life. And he got done, and he looked at me, and he said, Mark, will you come back with me and go to the VA? I said, no, Pete, can you lend me 50 bucks? And he did, and I went out and did what I had to do. But when I got whooped, I remembered where that twinkle was. And I was in a men's homeless shelter in downtown Boston, living on the streets of Boston. Uh, I'm not a native Navarian. We're from Navarre, Florida now, but I'm originally from Boston. And, and uh, you know, I wound up calling my brother Pete, and I said, Pete, you know, will you help me out? And he said, sure, come on up. And I borrowed the money and got on a Greyhound bus, and I got admitted into the Northampton VA hospital. For that year and a half, I floundered, but I went to meetings. I believe meetings are very, very important. I do not believe meetings makers make it, like you hear in a lot of AA meetings. Meetings makers make it if they trust God, clean house, and help others. And that's been my experience. I came to three meetings a day for a year and a half, but I didn't make it. I made it to governor of the psychiatric ward I was on, you know. I made it to the head of the medication line every time they said medication. I made it to those places. But the bottom line was I wasn't feeling good inside. I was dying inside of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's why I believe big book sponsorship is so important, because a lot of people die inside of Alcoholics Anonymous. They die right here, sitting in the back of the room, not being shown the way out. What happened for me was I asked Donnie, my first sponsor, to be my sponsor, and he led me into the book Alcoholics Anonymous. I was three months sober, and I was, uh, I was, the first four years of my sobriety, I spent in a psychiatric ward, in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, I was not on any medication. April 10th, 1988 is my sober date. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but that's the day God came down and touched me. He blessed me with the gift of desperation. I put down the drink and I put down the substitute, and I just marched forward with the big book under my arm. Donnie told me right here what I read right in the very beginning. He said, Oop, I'm on the wrong chapter. But basically what Donnie told me was help another alcoholic. And I went over to the, to the alcohol ward, and I would go over there with my big book, and I would sit down with people, and I would read the big book to them, and I'd hit them with it occasionally. And there was a great big guy lumbering up and down the ward. He was about six foot eight, 350 pounds, and his name was Kenny. And Kenny lumbered up and down the ward, and he was sweating, and he was detoxed, and he was in detox. And I would walk with him, and I'd walk back and forth. And he said to me one day, he said, Mark, Mark, you know what's hurting me more than anything? And I said, I thought he was ready to do an inventory, you know. And I said, no, Kenny, what is it? He said, my feet, they're killing me. And I looked down at his feet, and he had a size 13 foot with about a size 10 sneaker on. I said, Kenny, get a, get a bigger sneaker, and your feet will feel better. He got a bigger sneaker. He started feeling better. You would have thought I was the second coming of Bill Wilson. You know, he was excited. He was in love with Alcoholics Anonymous from then to this day. Uh, my life started to change gradually, and the way it changed was through the steps. Donnie led me into the book, and we read the book. I fully conceded to my innermost self I was alcoholic, the first step in recovery. And that happened for me April 10, 1988. I know today God got me sober. The program of Alcoholics Anonymous and the people in Alcoholics Anonymous taught me how to live, but God got me sober April 10, 1988. I found out that lack of power was my dilemma. I found that out in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. And how do I find that power? Well, that's exactly what this book is all about, what Diz talked about last night. I did a third step with Donnie. 
you know. I had just been tested for HIV. I had done a lot of nasty things with a lot of nasty people in a lot of nasty places. And HIV was a big thing at the time. I had had pneumonia three times that year. The doctor suggested I get tested for it, and I did. And I went back to the UMass Medical Center to get my results. And the nurse looked at me, and she had a sad face. And she said, Mark, we have a problem. And I said, oh, no. My heart fell down in my stomach. I knew I was a dead man. I could see the funeral. AA guy dies. Big funeral. A thousand people. You know the ego of an alcoholic. You know, it was a great big deal. And she called me into the room and she looked at me and she said, no, 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 Mark. The machine broke down. You've got to come back next week and get your results. And I ran to Donnie that night at the Wednesday night step meeting. We got on our knees. We said a third step prayer together. And my life changed. Why did it change? Not because of the third step prayer, because of the decision that I made. And the decision that I made that night was to go on with the rest of the deal. And I did. And today I'm able to sit here and tell you that Alcoholics Anonymous is the best thing that ever happened to me. I followed through with the program of recovery as outlined in this book, and I have a life today I never knew. I never knew. My life was chaotic long before I can ever remember. And because of Alcoholics Anonymous, the people in Alcoholics Anonymous, and most importantly, the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and the power that I found here, that power which I choose to call God today, my life is just absolutely wonderful. doesn't mean tough things don't happen. Four months ago, I shattered my ankle. Two months ago, they told me there was a good possibility I was going to lose my leg below my knee. I wasn't at a meeting for three months. I was not able to go to meetings, but people brought meetings to me. The guys that I sponsored called me on a regular basis. People just picked up. My wife was there. I came out of my first surgery. I looked to my left. My wife was sleeping next to me in the hospital room. You know, that wasn't happening before I got here. I don't know about you, but I woke up with a skunk one morning, and that skunk ran like heck when I woke up. That's a true story, uh, you know. But the people in Alcoholics Anonymous rallied, rallied around me. Why? Because I'm a great guy? No. The reason being is I believe I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. I was taught that by a teacher of mine in Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I'm the spiritual being that I'm supposed to be, people are attracted to that. And we have a connection. And that connection just grows and grows and grows. What a deal for a drunk like me. What a deal for an alcoholic of a hopeless variety who stumbled in here, not knowing what he was going to find. When I first started coming to meetings, my favorite expression and my favorite saying in Alcoholics Anonymous, and they used to say it a lot up north, was take what you want and leave the rest. You know, I can remember I heard a speaker say that one night, and they were passing the basket. So I grabbed a couple of fives. It was a great big meet, and they said, take what you want. So I just helped myself to a little bit of money in the basket. And that was the way it was in those days. But you know what I found here? I found here love, understanding, and compassion, something that I never knew. I never knew. I found a, a partner here that I could share my life with. And I never shared my life with anybody. You know, I told you things that would benefit me. That was the story. My selfishness and self-centeredness. That was all you heard from me. Things that would get into your pocket and help me out. And what I found through Big Book sponsorship and the program outlined in the book Alcoholics Anonymous is a way of living that's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And as we go on, we're going to share more about the people that we've sponsored. But I, I think it's oh, oh, so important to be sponsored by a member of Alcoholics Anonymous who is... Do I hear in a lot of meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous there's a thousand ways to do it. I don't agree with that myself. Uh, personally, there were 100 men and women who got here to show us precisely how they had recovered from alcoholism. And that's what I believe in. I believe in this book. Thank you. You know, uh, when I first got into Alcoholics Anonymous, I already told you I didn't like women, but I had a lot of other things I was different, uh, too. Um, I'm Cherokee Indian. Uh, my clan is Wild Potato Clan. And I, uh, I would come to meetings, and where I got sober, there's all these men. I'm not a man. There was all these white people. I'm not a white person. And they uh, seemingly were all Christians, and it was just another way to pull me in. And so I had all these differences that 
I was just really suspicious, so of course I always wore my knife to meetings, just in case I had to hurt somebody. And um, I found out in Alcoholics Anonymous that uh, we all come here mostly with ways that we're different. And so it might not work for me, or it might not work for you, or you, or you. And I found, like Mark found, I found that this is a place um, that... Um, it talks about it uh, in Dr. Bob's story that he had tried other, uh, other ways of getting sober, other ways of finding God or whatever, and I did that too. Uh, a friend of ours, um, uh, Father John Fitzpatrick, but he's John, an alcoholic, he, um, I used to go to retreats there, and he talked about alcoholism. This is his opinion. He talked about alcoholism being a sacred illness and that um, he believes that uh, many of us are fallen mystics we come to earth, Mark talks, we're spirit beings having a, a human experience. And he talks about so many of us come uh, into the physical world and, and we turn to alcohol and all the other stuff because we're like, huh, where am I? How do I? I don't know how to do this human stuff. And that's how I felt. I didn't fit in my body. I didn't fit in my skin. I didn't fit in my family. I had six brothers and I thought I was one of the boys and I found out I wasn't. I didn't fit into my town, my state, my country. I just didn't fit in anywhere. And I found an Alcoholics Anonymous. We all come here and we learn um, through the book and through helping each other uh, what's really important and how to play nice in the sandbox with each other. And we leave all those, uh, those uh, spiritual illnesses behind as we get in, involved in the steps, as we start living by those principles, one by one, um, the, all those things start falling away, the uh, homophobia, the racism, the sexism, the feeling so different, all that stuff starts falling away from us and we learn to, to play nice in the sandbox. Now in this book, there's 21 mentions of how important it is for us to help others, and I believe that um, I don't believe everybody needs to be a sponsor. There's some people I know that sponsor that I beg them not to until they get a little more better. Um, but there's, that's my opinion. But the, um, the first one that I found, and I'm sure that everybody uh, has found different ones, on page XVI, that's Roman numeral 14, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced to work with other alcoholics. Now, we can uh, safely think that this would probably be a sponsor. And on page uh, Roman numeral um, where am I? 16, um, it says, he, this is uh, Bill Wilson, he suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. Hmm, I've heard another one of those lies in Alcoholics Anonymous. There's no musts in AA. Well, how come I found 51 instructional musts in this book? And there's some other ones, too. 51 instructional musts. And then on page 18, it, uh, wait, let me go one more. 23, Roman numeral 23. That's XIII. And that talks about, um, in spite of the great increase in the size and span of this fellowship, at its core it remains simple and personal. Each day somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And if we don't have experience, strength, and hope, what are we going to share? And people will ask me, well, what should I look for in a sponsor? Sometimes people will come out of a, a treatment center and they'll say, um, I need to find somebody that's got 10 years of sobriety. That's, that's what I was told to get for a sponsor. Well, I'll tell you what, I know some people with 10 years of sobriety, I wouldn't ask them what time it is. Um, and I know some people with 10 years of sobriety that, that I would. My sponsor, Anne, is a woman that, she looks like Grace Kelly. She's a beautiful woman. She's 15 years younger than me. She only drank two or three years. Uh, but she's a woman, and she's been my sponsor for nine or ten years now. She's a woman that I'm not high maintenance. I continue to enlarge my spiritual life every day. So I need a woman that's, got, uh, that's ahead of me in sobriety and that lives her life. She asks God for help in the morning. Then she conducts herself like a woman who's asked God for help. And that's what I do. Um, so uh, she's a woman that uh, is perfect for me and has been for the last ten years. If I'm going to make a major uh, decision uh, about another one of the women I sponsor or something like that, which I do about this, I'll call her and, um, and ask her. And a couple of years ago, I was writing a letter to district. 
our district. I had something to say about the meeting they had just had, and I was writing a letter to the chairperson of district, and it was a great letter, and I showed it to her, and she said, oh, it's a good letter. Just leave out this paragraph, and I said, well, that's my best one. She said, leave it out. So I left that one out, and so that's uh, the way that I use a sponsor today. People will come up to me and say, so do you think I need somebody that's 10 years sober? And I'll turn them to page 18 in the book, and uh, it says, uh, let's remember that this is written all with men, so to put woman where you have to. The man who is making the approach, this is um, talking about a 12-step call, so the person who is approaching uh, the sick alcoholic. The man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment, deportment means the way that we conduct ourselves, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. So that's what I tell somebody looking for a sponsor. Go by the quality of their sobriety, not by the length of their sobriety. Uh, watch how, don't just listen to what somebody says, because, buddy, I don't know about you, but we can get up to the podium or stand in a meeting looking all spiritual. I can just be Mother Teresa of the, spirit of the Cherokee Nation. It's not what we say, because we're great BSers, and we have been all our lives. It's what we do. If somebody's going to ask someone, I'll say, watch how that person treats other people. If possible, try to meet somebody in that person's immediate family and ask about them because uh, you certainly don't want to have someone lead you on a spiritual path that's beating their wife or, or uh, cheating on their husband or, uh, you know, uh, kicking the dog or something like that because we can all talk a great talk. We want to choose someone, uh, and I know that I did, I wanted to get someone that was uh, truly on a spiritual path that was going to help me to enlarge my spiritual life. And one thing that it's done for me to help me uh, to be a really effective sponsor, and I sponsor a lot of women, a lot, over the years, and I've um, taken a lot of women through the steps, and what that does is I've led them to the God of their understanding. And I have to conduct myself in a manner that the women that I sponsor, I call them my pigeons, because that's what I was called. I... Um, I conduct myself in my life. If you were a fly on the wall, you could come into my house at any time. You'd have to be, wear blinders because I'm naked most of the time. But you could come into my house any time, and uh, I would be the same person that you would see at a meeting. I'm not one way at a meeting, all spiritual and, you know, blessing everybody, and then going home and slapping him across the face and kicking the dog and, and being all ugly. Uh, I have to conduct myself because I don't want the women I sponsor to hear Oh, that's your sponsor? She cheats on her husband all the time, or she does this, or she does that. Not that I'm a saint. I'm not, and I certainly don't want to be. But I conduct myself like a woman who's asked God for help in the morning, and I do ask God for help every morning. And Mark and I have a relationship. We decided early on, we've been together a number of years. Uh, on How many? A lot. Almost 20. Almost 20. Okay, 18 years or something. And um, we've never uh, been unfaithful to one another. We've never, I've never stabbed him once. And I've never, um, <laughs> he's never raised his hand to me. Um, we rarely have arguments. And if we do have arguments, we've learned to, to fight real fair. And um, I just lost my train of thought. So. <laughs> You know, when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, I was uh, uh, just a selfish and self-centered alcoholic. And uh, what I learned here uh, through the steps that selfishness and self-centeredness was the root of my trouble. And, uh, you know, when Donnie um, had me doing this 12-step work up at the VA hospital, it took me out of myself. You know, I had very, very little time to think about myself because I was constantly on the go. Uh, I'm also a Vietnam veteran, a combat veteran of the Vietnam War, and uh, many, many things happened over there that uh, I was unable to look at in the beginning of my sobriety. And um, I was, when I did my fourth step with Donnie and, and, and wrote out an inventory, I was able to look at some of those things. And, uh, you know, Donnie sat me down and went over the inventory process and we read it out of the book and he uh, showed me exactly what I was supposed to do and, and I went home and I said a third step prayer and wrote that inventory out and within a short period of time I was sharing that with Donnie 
And an uh, amazing thing happened after that. An amazing thing happened after that. That, uh, that fear that blocked me off from being useful was uh, shortly thereafter lifted from me. And I was able to uh, really, really begin to start uh, being an effective sponsor. Being an effective sponsor. I was only six months sober when that happened. And uh, I was standing at a meeting, and a young guy come up to me, and he said, Mark, 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 I need a sponsor. And, uh, and I looked over, and I, he asked me to be a sponsor. And I said, uh, let me go check with Donnie. I'm not sure I can do this yet. I'm uh, newly sober, and uh, let me go check with Donnie. And I ran over to Donnie. And I said, hey, Donnie, Donnie, that crazy kid Bobby over there asked me to be a sponsor. And Donnie started laughing. He <laughs> said, Look who's calling the kid crazy. You're the one in the psychiatric ward. <laughs> he's got a job. He's living at home. You know, he's got a car registered with plates. And, you know, go over there and tell him you'll help him. And, uh, and I, I ran back over to Bobby. I was feeling really good. I said, yeah, Bobby, I'll be your sponsor, but this is what you got to do. Do you have a problem with alcohol? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a problem with alcohol. I got a DUI. I got this. I said, okay. Uh, you willing to go to one of lanes? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm willing to go to one of lanes. Well, I want you to go to a meeting every day. I want you to sit down front. But most importantly, Bobby, I want you to keep your mouth shut. You got nothing to say. I've heard you share in meetings. I want you to keep your mouth shut. And it felt so good to be able to say that for the first time, you know. <laughs> and Donnie uh, instructed me what to do with Bobby. And we sat down and we read the book Alcoholics Anonymous together. And where there was a step, we took the step. Where there was an action, we took the action. I'm not one of these guys that says the where, where there was a step, he did the step. Where there's an action, he did the action. I better be doing what I'm saying I'm doing in Alcoholics Anonymous. If I'm asking somebody to do something in Alcoholics Anonymous, I better be doing it. Uh, Bobby's still sober today. Because of Mark? No. Because of the program as outlined in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. That's why Bobby's sober. He found a power greater than himself, which he chooses to call God today. He's a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous because of the program outlined in this book. Uh, sponsorship is a huge part in my life. I've been very active in sponsorship since the beginning. Uh, I met Diz years ago um, uh, when we first moved to Florida because Diz was and, and Tommy were active in corrections. And since I've come into Alcoholics Anonymous, Donnie was a guy that spent time in prison. My, my wife today, DeHalty, was a, an outside sponsor of a prison meeting. I was newly sober and I was brought to the prison meeting. DeHalty was chairing the meeting and I was told to go in, sit down, and keep my mouth shut. And that's what I did. I went and I sat down and kept my mouth shut. And then I started seeing guys that I did time with. And they'd come up to me after the meeting. Mark, what are you doing here? You're in civilian clothes. I said, yeah, I'm a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And they went, oh, no. How'd you do that? And I said, I asked God for help. Well, listen, do you think you could pick up a letter for me and bring it up to me next week? I said, no, I can't do that. You know, they started trying to shoot some angles. But when they saw I was serious about this deal, they'd come up to me and they'd talk to me. Hey, listen, you know, I'm not feeling good about myself. You know alcohol is a problem in my life. What can I do to get away from it? And they would hear it in the meetings, and I would share with them after the meetings. And I caught fire with that, and I got involved in corrections. The only reason I got involved in corrections was through sponsorship. I believe it is very, very important as a sponsor that I share my experience, strength, and hope with the people that I sponsor. And the people that I sponsor today, if that's their way, they get involved in corrections, but they do get involved in some kind of service work. I believe service work is, is uh, very, very important to members of Alcoholics Anonymous, especially alcoholics of my type. I need to be involved in Alcoholics Anonymous. And Donnie taught me that by example. My sponsor today, Jeff, taught me that by example. Jeff used to go up to the Connecticut State Prison, and I would go up to the Connecticut State Prison with him. And eventually I started doing meetings there. When I moved down here, I was put in touch with Diz, and he gave me some paperwork because... The state of Florida really didn't want me in their correctional institutes. They thought I might be up to no good. At the time, I was sober uh, eight years. Uh, I had letters from correctional facilities up in Massachusetts talking about uh, how long I had been bringing meetings up there. But uh, 
they get this thing called a computer and they punched in my social security number and bells started ringing and whistles started <laughs> happening and my record came back and they saw that I had spent 13 years inside prison. So they told me they didn't want me in their prison system. The beautiful thing about Alcoholics Anonymous is two years later they called me begging me to come up and start Alcoholics Anonymous up there. And I've been going up there every Monday night since until I broke my leg four months ago. And a couple, three guys that I sponsor do the meeting up there while I'm not able to be up there. And they're there every week. This is about commitment. It's about repetition. And I believe that's what sobriety is about. It's about getting on my knees every day. My friend Don P. from Colorado who passed this last year was a, a, a tremendous teacher to me. And he taught me many things in Alcoholics Anonymous. But one of the most important things he taught me is this is not an intellectual exercise, it's a spiritual journey. And I've learned that from Don and other members of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I truly, truly believe that. And he told me one of the most selfish things I could ever do is go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, see a new man, raise his hand, ask for help, vomit all over the table with his the things that are going on inside them, and then not go up to them after a meeting and offer them a solution. That's what I do. I'm about the solution today. My home group, the Miracle Group, it meets on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. The meeting starts at 8 p.m. We're there at 6.30 with our big books. We get together and read the book Alcoholics Anonymous for a half hour or 45 minutes before the meeting. And then we break and we get up and we greet people when they come in and then we have a meeting for an hour. The meeting is a topic out of the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful meeting. I believe sponsorship, Bill Wilson in a pamphlet, um, Problems Other Than Alcoholism, right here, uh, talks about and I believe this is so true. Sobriety, freedom from alcohol, through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps, is the sole purpose of an AA group. And I believe that. I believe that the group that I belong to, that's our sole purpose, is to teach and practice the 12 steps. As a sponsor, my sole purpose is to teach and practice the 12 steps. How do I know that? Because it's repeated over and over in this book over and over. Uh, what a deal for a drunk like me. What a deal to have a purpose today. When I got here, I didn't have a purpose. I had no purpose at all. I was just trying to make it through the day. And by the time I got here, I didn't want to make it through the day, but I didn't have the courage to end it. And uh, through the spiritual awakening that I've had in Alcoholics Anonymous, through the, through the 12 steps, I've been allowed to carry this message for a while now. As uh, my wife and I alluded to a little earlier, four months ago I broke my ankle. About a month before that I had a helpless alcoholic come and ask me to be his sponsor. And the guy that asked me to be his sponsor I had seen in Alcoholics Anonymous for nine years while we were here in Fort, while we were in Fort Walton Beach. And he had been in and out, in and out, in and out. I had offered him help the years before and he said, Oh no, 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 no. I heard you're one of them big book guys. I gotta stay away from you. Well guess what happened? In God's infinite wisdom, four months ago he came and he asked me for help. He said, Mark, I'm dying. This thing is killing me. I need your help. Please help me. I've watched you. I've listened to you. People told me to stay away from you for years, but I need what you have. And he came and he asked me for help, and I ran him through the drill like Donnie taught me, and we started reading the book Alcoholics Anonymous. We had gotten to the third step, and my ankle busted. Uh, you know, I shattered my left ankle. Uh, it was a crippling injury. Uh, I, was, I was in the hospital for three weeks. I was in a week, then I was in two weeks, and, and I almost lost my leg. And one of the things that happened was that whole time, Harry called me every single day, and I'd answer the phone, hello. It's Harry. Oh, hi, Harry. How you doing? A couple of days I'm on the pity pot and all this other stuff. Oh, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe what's going on in my day. Bum, 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 bum. And he'd go on for 45 minutes, and by the end of the conversation, I was feeling great. My ankle wasn't hurting anymore. We're talking about the book Alcoholics Anonymous. And it was just absolutely wonderful. Harry shared his fifth step. He did six and seven. He's in the process of making amends now. He's a member of our home group. 
He shares at our home group. And Harry's a guy for eight years. You listen to him, and he'd be 30 days sober, and you'd think he was sober 10 years because he knows the book Alcoholics Anonymous for cover to cover. But he never took the actions inside that book. This is about actions. Don told me it's not an intellectual exercise. It's a spiritual journey. It's about the journey we take through this book, you know. And Harry's an active, vibrant member of Alcoholics Anonymous. How can I not love Alcoholics Anonymous when men like that are put in my life? How can I not believe there's a power here when I'm able to... It's able to flow through me, and I'm able to share those things with Harry. I don't get anybody sober. I don't get anybody drunk. But through God's wisdom and the power greater than ourselves that flows through us, I'm able to share that with other guys and watch their lives turn around. Able to avert misery and death. The book tells us that. I carry this, uh, this uh, it's an obituary. Uh, my buddy Tom. A couple of years ago, uh, Tom was a wonderful guy. Came to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, hung around meetings for a while. Um, you know, he, uh, you know, didn't get this program. Uh, Tom wanted it. You know, Tom wanted it. I believe Tom wanted it. And I would go over and I would sit down with Tom and I would read the big book to him. Tom had a lot of physical problems. He had a lot of doctors that gave him a lot of different medications. I never told Tom to get off any of the medications he was on. He needed them. But he was not able to get this way of life. Tom's wife left him. Beautiful house on the Gulf of Mexico. $450,000 home. His own dock with his own boat at the end of it. Tom was a very successful businessman. Drank nothing but the best. I went over one morning to get wake Tom up and, and, and help him through some of the chores that he had to do during the day. And I, I knocked on the door. I, he gave me a key. I went in. I knocked on his bedroom door. He didn't answer, so I opened up the door. There was Tom laying in his bed with a big smile on his face. He was gone. He was gone. This illness killed him. Now, a few days later, when you read it in the paper, Tom, Tom died of a you know, heart attack or something like that. But you know what? Alcoholism, alcohol killed them. And that's waiting for me. I told you my brother Pete brought me into Alcoholics Anonymous. Seven and a half years, my brother Pete picked up a drink. Okay? Came back to Alcoholics Anonymous. Didn't really talk about that, just went on with his life. Less than a year later, he picked up a substitute. Less than a week after that, he was arrested for a very horrific crime. He's in prison for the rest of his life. Sober again, 12 years in Alcoholics Anonymous. As a matter of fact, he's got a birthday this month. I have a wonderful relationship with my brother Pete today. He's one of my spiritual advisors. He's a very, very spiritual being. But he's alcoholic. You know, that first drink grabs us. It's not the last one, it's the first one. Uh, you know, my life today is just a, a, an open book. My life today is, is about sharing what Alcoholics Anonymous has given me with another alcoholic. And what a beautiful deal that is. What a beautiful deal it was when Bill and Bob got together. You know, when they were able to sit down and share and, 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 and Alcoholics Anonymous was able to start and grow. That's where sponsorship started. That's where sponsorship started, and it continues today. I'll turn it back to my wife. Now, when Mark talked about uh, we belong to the same home group, and when we get together and do that uh, reading before the meeting, I sponsor a lot of women in my home group, and Mark sponsors a lot of the men. And then those women sponsor some other women, and those women sponsor some other women. One of the things that I tell the women that I sponsor, someone will approach me and ask me to be their sponsor, and when they do, I'll ask them uh, several questions. First, I want to make sure that they uh, are an alcoholic because um, this is kind of a fun place to come to, you know, hang out. And um, I make sure they're an alcoholic. Um, and I'll ask them some questions, and I'll have them come to meetings and, and uh, call me every day, and I'll give them a time to call me, a designated time. And then after, uh, you know, a week or two, and I see that they're doing that, um, I'll ask them, um, 
to meet a few requirements. I'll ask them to call me every day uh, to get to it. I'm talking newcomers now. I sponsor women who've been sober for a while, a little bit different. I ask them to go to a meeting every day, and uh, I ask them to come to my home group and join my home group for the first year of their sobriety. There's two reasons for that. One of them is so that they can see me in action in my home group and see that unless uh, I'm in the hospital or unless I'm out of town, I'm at my home group every Tuesday because it's my home group. It's my home in Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, they can see that I get to that meeting early. I help clean up. I'm involved in service work as I have been from the beginning. And the second reason is so that I can watch them and I can lead them into service work, and I can have them come to the business meetings, and when they say, who wants to clean up cigarette butts, I'll give them the nudge. I don't smoke. I give them the nudge, you know, I'll clean up cigarette butts, because this is all stuff that, that I was taught and that I did. And then um, what I do is the, the woman will um, come to my house, or we'll meet in the park if she lives um, far away, and we start reading uh, the big book. I start reading the big book to her right at, from the very first page. Diz talked about last night that he opened the book, and his sponsor says, what do you see to the blank page? He goes, why, nothing. And that's exactly what I do with these women. I say, what do you see in that page? And they go, nothing. I say, that's right. That's what you know about sobriety. Zippo. And... Um, I'll start reading the book to them right from the very first cover. And for the newer edition, the fourth edition, I'll have them draw a circle and a triangle in their book and explain the, the three legacies, the unity, recovery, and service. And I'll have them draw that in because it's not in the fourth edition. And then I start reading them the book. And when, uh, when we come to words, um, uh, we'll have a dictionary with us. And if we come to a word they don't understand, I'll say, now, don't, don't be a know-it-all. If you don't understand a word, tell me, and we'll look it up. Now, in my book, a lot of words have to save time of not having to look them up. In my book, I have looked up a lot of words and printed the meaning above it um, so that I can, when we get to a word, like when I read something to you before, I can tell you what the deportment, I can tell you what that means. Because the first several times I read the big book, I was, yeah, I know what this means. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm intelligent. I didn't know what half the words meant. So it's very important. I'll tell them what the words mean. And then when we come to uh, uh, something that's very important, I'll say this is a four star. And so their book becomes a textbook like mine is, uh, highlighted, underlined, important stuff. I have this one gal that her whole book was highlighted. I said, get a new book. Only highlight what I tell you to highlight, because if everything's highlighted, it's like having nothing highlighted. So I read the book to them page by page. When we come to a prayer, and there are so many prayers in here, we say the prayer together. When we come to a step, we take the step. Now, what we talked about at our home group is uh, I do this individually with women. Uh, if I'm sponsoring, you know, uh, Mary, she comes to my house once or twice a week, and we read it, and we go through the book right up through and including uh, Dr. Bob's story. And... Um, and that I'm freely giving my time to this woman because my uh, sponsor freely gave me time and other uh, teachers now call it freely gave me their time. But when uh, at the meeting, we, the men get together with the men and the women get together with women. I was hung around with men all my life. My, uh, the uh, professions that I was in were all men professions. I was uh, one of very few women in, um, in that world. And because um, I didn't like women. I didn't have to hang around with women. I love women now. Uh, the women I sponsor, quite a number of them are very close friends, including my sponsor. So um, I believe that as we sit there at the table reading together, I needed to learn how to be a woman and how to uh, relate as a woman and how to feel comfortable being a woman. And a man can't tell me to do that. I can't talk to a man about changes in my body as I'm getting older or, or about... Uh, you know, suck stuff that's going on in my head or about any of that stuff. I need women to do that with, and, and men need men to do that with. I needed somebody in the beginning, and this is what I do with the women I sponsor. I'll teach them how to dress. I'll teach them that we, we come to meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous. We don't let to have all our business hanging out. That um, I know uh, the first few meetings I went to, uh, I was numb. I was just so numb, and some guy grabbed my butt. And I was so numb, I didn't feel it. And uh, uh, a man next to me said, you're just going to let him do that? And I said, do what? And he goes, grab your butt. And I said, he grabbed my butt. And I turned around and punched him out. 
But uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even know that. I was so numb. So I needed women to say, why don't you start wearing brassieres to meetings? And my thing was, well, if you got them, flaunt them. And she goes, yeah, that's fine in the bar room, but in the AA meeting, we don't need to be flaunting them. You, you know, conduct yourself like a woman who's asked God for help. So I learned to redress, and I, I teach the women I sponsor uh, to redress. They go, how come the guys don't respect me? And I'm like, well, why don't you put some underdrawers on those mini skirt? And um, so I teach them how to dress same way that I was taught to dress. So we go through this book, and at our home group, when we're reading, we read in a group, and when one of the people, even though individually they've done a third step with their sponsor, if it, uh, like Mark just read uh, with somebody last week, and they were reading individually, but we also read at the meeting, and when it's time for a third step, we say, so-and-so's ready to do a third step. Who'd like to join us out behind the meeting? And we get up, and there's a whole group of us, and we go out. And, buddy, I'll tell you what. When you've got, like, 20, 30 people on your knees with this newcomer doing a third step, it's a powerful thing. It's just as powerful doing it with one-on-one with your sponsor. But when you have a whole group of people, our, Don P., was, uh, is, even though he's passed, he remains one of my spiritual teachers. He talked about these pockets of enthusiasm all over the country, and we're the people that love Alcoholics not and we want everything that it has to offer so that we can give it to other people. And that's, um, that's the way we sponsor. I don't tell women who to date and who not to date and what time to get up. I will suggest after I tell them how to dress and if they come to a meeting dressed like a floozy, um, they, I don't say, oh, you're looking like a floozy tonight. They'll come in and go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm dressed like a, a floozy. And they'll go out and, um, and you know, put something else on. But I don't uh, get a, you know, all ugly and with them stuff. I just make suggestions to them and, um, you know, tell them how to, how to conduct themselves. And the women that I sponsored that have been sober for a few years, they pass that on the same way. And that's, that's how we do it. I have uh, the women that sponsor me call me every day. Uh, and they don't have to. After they've gone through the steps and they're a year sober, they don't have to stay in my home group anymore. Guess what? Most of them do. They don't have to call me anymore. Guess what? They do because they like calling me and I like hearing from them. And, and that's what the sponsorship is about. The big book talks about the purpose of this book is to help other people find a power greater than themselves. And once we find that power greater than ourselves, we become a little uh, a spiritual community inside a spiritual community and we carry that uh, to other people and that's that's the way that that we sponsor um, I've um, I was in the relationships workshop this morning and I heard Scott and Linda talking about they've sought some outside help for their relationship and for some other things and I've sought some outside help as well for stuff that um, occurred in my childhood that uh, is pretty pitiful uh, I've got I'm not a victim anymore um, and I will refer women to uh, outside help in areas that they needed. I've got a gal right now I've been working with for six years, and uh, she's got mental illness besides alcoholism, and right now she's in a program. I've been asking her for six years to do this. Right now she's gone into a program to treat her mental illness and help her get on her medication that she needs for that and to treat her alcoholism. And I will, um, I can only share my experience, strength, and hope. If I haven't had an experience, I'll give you an example. I've never had an abortion. And, uh, and I'm not putting a judgment on it right now. I'm just saying I never had one. And so if a woman talks to me about that, I don't have experience with it, but I know that this woman over here has experience with it. So I'll go to this woman and say, do you mind if I give your name to so-and-so so that you, you know, she can talk about that? And um, 99% of the time, well, no. So if I don't have experience, I don't try to act like a big cheese, like I'm the grand poopa, I know all, be all, I'm the sponsor. I will refer people to other people who have that experience because being a sponsor to me is a sacred duty. It's not about being a big shot or a know-it-all or the boss of them. It's about uh, having a sacred duty and fulfilling that by helping that person become the woman that they're meant to, to be. And that's the way that I was taught, and, and that's the way that I do it. Thanks, Anne. You know, DeHalty talked about that third-step prayer and doing it with a group of people. Um, the, the power that is in that is, is simply amazing. Uh, we'll usually do it right before the meeting, and without a doubt, I, I have never, never had a man that I sponsored not come to me and tell me about the feeling that he got during that. And it's just a powerful, powerful thing. I believe prayer is so, so important. Uh, uh, my wife and I pray together every day, and we usually do it more than once. 
during the day. And I believe that is so, so important. When I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, I was incapable of doing that. But as I read on in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I, I, I wound up uh, that 11-step prayer where I read that every day, and it talks about growing in understanding and effectiveness, I've been able to open my mind to spiritual literature outside of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's, it's truly amazing. I've never been a reader. I just, you know, I'm a reader of the big book. I, I read it to the men that I sponsor. I just, other books, I'm just too busy. I'm always on the go. Well, you know, when I broke my leg four months ago, uh, now I'm a reader, you know. I read, some, especially since Hurricane Dennis came to him, we didn't have cable for three weeks. I'm really a reader now, let me tell you. And, 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 and I found some beautiful things in reading. Uh, I've made some connections through this uh, time that I've had. I've made some connections with people that I haven't seen for quite a few years. Uh, and I believe this whole thing is about growing in understanding and effectiveness. I believe that's what sponsorship's about. I don't know everything. I don't know everything. When I got here, you would have thought I did. And I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. A man's able to come to me and talk to me about things like the Halty just talked about. I'm able to go to them and I'm able to say, well, listen, let me point you in the right direction. I sponsor lawyers today. I sponsor a colonel in the Air Force at one time. I mean, my God, men coming to me, talking to me about their life, you know, talking to me about their life. That's the power of God. It has had nothing to do with me. I'm able to sit down with these men. I'm able to share my experience, strength, and hope. And my experience, strength, and hope is through the book Alcoholics Anonymous. I found a way to live through this book that is truly amazing. It just blows me away. When I look at what my life is today, the end of my drinking, my father went on TV. No, it wasn't the end of my drinking. I was, uh, uh, it, was, it was probably five years before I ended up drinking. My father went on TV and offered a $5,000 reward for me and my brother. $5,000 reward for something that happened for me and my brother. Today, my father lives about 20 miles from me in Florida. We talk on a regular basis. That's the power of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's healed relationships in my life that were unhealable before I got here. It's allowed me to forgive people and for people to forgive me. I talked to you a little bit about, I told you a little bit about my Vietnam experience. Well, when I share tonight, I'll talk more about that, but it was a tremendous, tremendous healing thing that happened inside of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was God's grace in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that allowed that to happen. I was incapable of doing any of those things. And it came through sponsorship, being sponsored, and it came through being a sponsor. One of the things that happened to me in Alcoholics Anonymous, being a sponsor, was that I allowed people to be human. <laughs> when I got here, I thought I could do it all. I thought I could fix everything. And I made a mess of my life over and over and over. And what I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous is if someone don't want this way of life, you've got to just let them go. You've got to let them go. You've got to let them do what they're going to do. And, and that was hard for me. That was hard for me because when I got here, I got on fire right away and I wanted everybody to get this thing. I literally beat you with a big book if you weren't getting it, you know. I mean, uh, we'll talk more about that tonight, but I'm, I believe in hands-on sponsorship, and I've put my hands on a lot of people, <laughs> you know. But the good news is I'm a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous today, and I learn from my mistakes through the 12 steps. It tells me in the 10th step when we were wrong, and I don't use that as an, that as an excuse but I'm not perfect. I am never going to be perfect. And you know what? I don't want to ever be perfect, but I'm going to try the best of my ability to grow in understanding and effectiveness on a daily basis. We've got about five minutes, and I'm going to give it back to my wife. I haven't talked about my wife, but I tell you, she's my best friend today. For the past four months, she has put up with me, laying on my back with a cast on my leg, with plates in my leg, with outside fixtures on my legs. She's been my wet nurse, my maid. I mean, I just, I don't know how she's done it. 
you know. I do know how she's done it through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. She came home one night, and I wasn't feeling like I was getting my just due. And I said, listen, honey, you know, I mean, how about some hot meal tonight? How about putting on a meal? And I, 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 I didn't say it in the right way. And she looked at me, and she said a couple of things to me, but she let me know she wasn't my nurse. And I, she let me know in no uncertain terms. But I was able to talk to her later and make amends to her. And uh, what a deal. What a deal that is for a drunk like me. I just want to uh, conclude... Um what I'm talking about here to say that uh, everything that I present to another woman is out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't improvise. I don't bring in uh, uh, material that's not conference approved. I'm talking about newcomers. I'll tell, I do a lot of, I read a lot of uh, non-conference approved material. Uh, I, uh, I quite frequently will visit a, a Buddhist temple for meditation. I have, um, a lot of Indian ceremonies and stuff that I do, but I don't present that to any of the new women that I sponsor, and I don't present it to any of the older women I sponsor. Once they get to know me over a period of years, I might present some of this stuff to them, but I do not bring that into Alcoholics Anonymous, and I don't bring it to the women I sponsor. They'll ask me what to read. Well, what can I read? And I'm like, read the book, this one. And they'll say, but you already read it to me. I'm like, right, read the book. And um, they'll say, well, what else can I read? And I'm like, well, this book. And they'll say, but that, but, but, but. And um, until this is the way that I teach, until a woman is thoroughly acquainted with this book, and that means several years, um, I don't tell them what else I read, um, you know, two or three years. I don't tell them unless they're really involved and they're really um, uh, have an understanding of the book and they're practicing these principles. Then I'll tell them some other some other things um, to read, but I know for myself all my answers lie within this big book. And what I, the advice uh, that I do give um, a woman, and I rarely give advice, uh, comes right out of the big book. Anytime they call me with any kind of problem, I can tell them uh, the page to turn to, and I'll, I'll read it with them or to them. And um, and that's that's my role as a sponsor. Um, just to to help somebody, just to guide them with my experience, strength, and hope the same way that I was guided. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about that um, this afternoon uh, when I speak at four. Thank you. Hey, thank you all for being here. And, and thank you. If you could come down to the front, we'll make a little circle and close with the Lord's Prayer. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.